Shakespearean role, no doubt? I am sorry to say it was not. Although it was very interesting in a, shall I say, sordid way. What night were you on? This, sir, was an afternoon presentation. Soap? Phonograph needles. And your part? I played the part of Clapper Claw Duddy. Uh, heavy, naturally. A part a little like a, a sort of a poor man's Macbeth. Uh, perhaps a touch of Casca. And uh, the party is finished now. Sir, a regard for the truth compelled me to admit I was replaced by a young man who had a different conception of the character of Clapper Claw Duddy. They uh, didn't appreciate your technique, I take it. That director. I also read a commercial message. My. My, indeed. Well, sir, shall we look over the contract? Uh, we'll see, Mr. Bainbridge. Uh, uh, I uh, seem vaguely to recall your name. Yes. I was afraid of that. I don't remember just how. Uh... I am the man who married Juliet. Ah, yes. That's it. Oh, yes. Sir, you are a man of the world. It's been said that I am. I I always wanted to grow a beard myself. I, I think I'd be very distinguished with a beard. No doubt. But always playing Romeo, you know. <laughs> it can't be done. Besides, my beard always comes out straight. Uh, this half comes out red. So, uh, you're the man who married Juliet. The man who always married Juliet. Would you care to tell me about it? I prefaced my remarks by suggesting that you are a man of the world, sir. As I myself am. I was young and, uh, ebullient when I first played Romeo to her, Juliet. The city, let it be nameless, save to explain that it was in central Illinois, a section of our great country at that time somewhat lost to culture. However, a group of young seekers after the light, uh, otherwise, ventured to put on Romeo and Juliet, and I was summoned from Chicago where I'd been playing. Playing Shakespeare? At that juncture in my career, I was singing illustrated songs in a small house on South State Street. I shall never forget my first meeting with the young woman who played the part of Juliet. And Elizabeth Beatler. Why? How did you know that, sir? One week. Oh, the newspapers. Ah, publicity, publicity. Well, Anne Elizabeth was young, Anne Elizabeth was beautiful, Anne Elizabeth was unsophisticated, I thought. I was introduced to her at our first rehearsal meeting, and I tell you, sir, I was bowled over. I could think of nothing to say to her but that lovely speech I first quoted to you from Act Two, Scene Two. Lady... By yonder blessed moon, I swear the trips with silver all these booty. And she picked me up at once. Oh, swear not by the moon, the inconstant moon, that monthly changes in his circled orb, lest that thy love prove likewise variable. And we went right through the scene, the entire scene, letter perfect, down to... Good night. Good night. Parting is such... Sweet sorrow that I shall say good night till it be morrow. Sleep dwell upon thine eyes, peace in thy breast, and so on. And I tell you, sir, the place rocked with the applause of our fellow players. 
And so we were married a week later in our costumes on the stage in the setting for Act Two, Scene Two. The romance of Romeo and Juliet was at last consummated in our person. I like to think that the master himself, Shakespeare, would have liked that. If uh, Shakespeare had married him, uh, there wouldn't have been any story. Well, but, uh, Jove, well, you know, I never thought of that. Uh, perhaps he wouldn't have liked it then. I expect. Well, our marriage flourished for a time. And then there came the rift within the lute. Uh, Tennyson, Idols of the King. Indeed? I thought that was Shakespeare, too. Tennyson. I must make a note of that. Well, I remember we were playing in Dodge Center, Kansas, or Dodge City, Iowa, or some such place. Uh, St. Dodge, uh, Fort Dodge, Minnesota, I think. I had met a young woman, the daughter of a plastering contractor, in one of our previous stands, and we found a great deal in common. She was interested in watercolor painting. Her name, uh, I'm afraid I don't remember after all these years. By a strange coincidence, she turned up in Lake Dodge in Nebraska, or wherever it was. As a man of the world, I could do no less than invite her to supper after the performance. You understand? Of course, of course. And we were leaving the restaurant much, much later, when we ran directly into Anne Elizabeth. There was little of the gentle Juliet about her, sir. Well... I was speechless. And Elizabeth wasn't. So this is the friendly game of cards you're going to indulge in after the show. Well, I think I'll just shuffle you around a little bit. Oh, here's a hand for you, too. Oh, you stay away from my husband. You hear? It was intensely embarrassing. It was even more embarrassing when, two weeks later, Anne Elizabeth found me kissing the plasterer's daughter in Union Station in Minneapolis. Sir, those Minneapolis policemen are, uh, well, uh, rough and tumble. And uh, what did you do about it? Did you... The crowning blow was when Anne Elizabeth purchased the traditional weapon of the outraged wife. What? A rolling pin. Playing the innocent, I asked her if she intended to bake an apple pie or two in our humble lodgings as we fared across the country. What did she say to that? No, darling Romeo. That I'm going to use to beat your brains out if I ever catch you with that woman again. So you'd better wear your crossover beard when you go out with her again if you don't want to wear this rolling pin for a hat. She had a remarkably pungent manner of speech. I was both sorrowed and relieved when the balcony collapsed in Act 2, Scene 2. And she broke her neck. How did that happen? For some unaccountable reason, a stage brace seemed to have been removed. It was very depressing. And uh, then you married another Juliet? It seems to me I've been marrying Juliet. All my adult life. Yes, I married another. Faith McNulty. I was playing and framing in New Hampshire, Massachusetts, or somewhere when I met her. Faith was not young. Faith was not beautiful. Faith was an execrable actress. Why did you marry her? It seemed a good idea at the time. As a matter of fact, it was leap year. And she asked me. Rambo, if you'll marry me, I'll start a Shakespearean company of our own. You can be the manager and do whatever plays you want to. I thought, uh, 
What would we use for money? But she answered that before I asked. My great aunt Ruth in Stafford Springs left me $89,000, Rambo. Well, I assure you that put a different face on the matter. So we were married. We were married the day after we opened in Romeo and Juliet in South Boston. The most unfavorable notices, I must say. Mine were, uh, adequate. But poor face. I wish you could have heard her read that scene. Oh, swear not by the moon, the inconstant moon, that monthly changes in her encircled, circled orb, less that thy love proved likewise variable. To borrow an expression from the street. Oh, boy. I pleaded with her to resign the feminine lead part and to allow me to find another actress. I told her she could be the manager. She could do anything she wanted to. I am the manager, Rambo. I will do anything I want to. <laughs> it's my money. There is very little one can do to argue with that sort of thing, sir. Yes, yes. Yes, I should think so. The woman had no shame, sir. Nightly, I went on and suffered the torments of the, uh, on. She had no sense of timing. She forgot lines. We had to hide prompters behind every tree, under every bench, outside the window in Friar Lawrence's cell. And I daily grew more and more haggard. That voice. I can hear it yet. It be a poison which the friar subtly hath administered to have me dead. Act four, scene three. Ah, that's right. In Julius' chamber. Well, scene <clears throat> five, act four. The nurse. I like the day. She's dead. She's dead. She's dead. <laughs> Very often. I have a picture of Juliet. 
Three words, dear Romeo. And good night indeed. If that thy bent of love be honorable, thy purpose, marriage, send me word tomorrow by one that I'll procure to come to thee. Where and what time thou wilt perform this rite. And all my fortunes at thy feet I'll lay. And follow thee, my lord, throughout the world. It is my soul that calls upon my name. Romeo. How silver sweet. Found lovers' tongues by night. Like softest music to attending ears. Romeo. Yes, that's a very beautiful picture. And she's dead? I wish I never had to play Romeo and Juliet again. I could play... You're doing Shakespeare, of course. Yes, uh, nothing but Shakespeare. Well... Do you expect? How can anyone tell? With Shakespeare. That's so. I remember once in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, or Sheboygan, Michigan, I can never tell them apart. We played five solid weeks. And when we came back the next year, we had to cut the last act of a merchant of Venice because a burlesque troupe from Chicago was coming into town. How about King Lear? I've fought King Lear. Child of Roland to the Dark Tower came. His word was still, I, oh, and from. I smell the blood of a British man. Or, uh, Hamlet. To be, or not to be, that is the question. But I suppose you'll be wanting to do Romeo and Juliet. I, uh, do need a Romeo. Well, then, gaze on me, sir. You didn't tell me all about your latest, Julius. Frankly, I would be very happy to be back in the theater. I must confess that I murdered a Julius once myself. You did? Well, for goodness sake, I mean, by Joe, what, what kind of people are we? Did you really? Yes. Did you marry her, though? Oh, no. Oh, well, then. I married all of mine. Three of them. And uh, the last one? No. You tell me about the Julia you killed first. Oh, no. Go on, please. You first. Well, I told you I loved her very much. She... She was good for my ego. I remember those nights after the show in hotels everywhere. It was always the same. Rambo, let me get your slippers for you. Thank you, my love. And would you... Fetch me a cold bottle of beer, too. Oh, darling, I'm so sorry. I'm afraid there isn't any beer left. I'll run out to the corner and get some. Oh, thank you, dearest. Uh, if you're going to do that, would you mind picking up a cigar or two for me? Uh, Paratella, please. Of course, dear. Anything else? And I would love a sandwich, uh, if the restaurant is still open. Do you want a magazine, too? No. Just the evening peppers. Or if you see a racing form, uh, bring it along, too. Uh, will you? Of course, sweetheart. I'll be right back. I hope you will, darling. That pink shirt. I wanted to wear it tomorrow. I'll be back in time to iron it for you, dear. Well, let me help you with your slippers first. Sir. Oh, no, 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 no. I 
I guess I'm capable of taking care of myself, Bishop. You run along. All right, Jim. Wait! You didn't kiss me! Midnight meal of beef stroganoff, or chicken marengo, or chucrut garni. Cooked, my dear sir, over a gas flame in a room as often as not. Then she never asked for a cent for herself. Always had a few extra dollars when I've had a bad session of the track. And such an actress. You know, it's amazing. I never saw her. Play anything else but Juliet. I wish you could have seen her. I'd like that very much. Yes, you would. And uh, what did you say happened to her? Well, she died. Did you? It was very odd. Singular, I mean. What happened? It was a Saturday night. Uh, I remember because we had no performance that night. We played only a Saturday matinee, then a matinee on Sunday. I'd been playing cards with some of the prominent citizens of the city we were playing in, and I came home about ten o'clock. I expected to find Julia to sleep. She wasn't. She was standing in the center of our room with a strange man. And their arms were around each other, and they were kissing. It was, it was very bad. Very, very bad. You killed her? Oh, no. I am afraid I was rather violent, though. I uh, saw red, as the saying goes. The man, who was somewhat smaller than I, I threw downstairs. Julia tried to explain, but uh, she fainted. I was sorry she hit her head on the corner of the table, of course. Is uh, that what killed her? Oh, no, no. I stormed out of the place and went out to a restaurant for dinner. And then after a full meal, I felt a little better and... I went back, determined to forgive her. I was a little late. She had hanged herself. That's too bad. Yes, it was. How was I to know that the man she was kissing was her brother who had just dropped in to see us both? So, sometimes I can hear their voices, my Judith. Anne Elizabeth. Oh, swear not by the moon. The constant moon. Faith. Monthly changes in her encircled orbs. Julia. Blessed by love, prove likewise, dear Well, uh, come along, then. Am I, uh, tired? I think so. But I want you to read against Julia first. Uh, out here. Please, uh, take it from uh, Lady by Yonder Blessed Moon. 
Oh, but, Junior, speak the speech, I pray you, as I pronounce it to you. I say, that's the matter. It's Shakespeare. Go on. Well, Lady, by yonder blessed moon, I swear that tips with silver all these fruit tree tops. Oh, swear not by me, the inconstant moon, that must be changed in her... Here! What is this? You, uh, talked about destiny, Rambo. Here's your destiny, and mine. What? This is the destiny we spoke of, friend. This is your fate, your punishment. There are the three you murdered. There is the one I slew. I don't remember. Juliet had to die to make the play. So, I found her poison. Who the devil are you? Why, I... I thought you knew, friend. My name is Shakespeare. William Shakespeare. At your service.